This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Nine Lives with Dr. Cat is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. And iHeartCats.com. Cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. Today is a really special day because I have a special guest with me, Jackson Galaxy of the Cat from Hell fame and some really cool other things that I'm going to get him to share with you. We'll be right back with Jackson Galaxy right after these messages. Today's episode is sponsored by Hanover Square Press and The Secret Language of Cats, How to Understand Your Cat for a Better, Happier Relationship by Suzanne Schatz. Have you ever wondered what your cat is saying? In The Secret Language of Cats, Schatz offers a crash course in cat phonics to help you crack the cat code. Perfect for the fans of The Lion in the Living Room and the Inner Life of Animals, The Secret Language of Cats by Suzanne Schatz is available for purchase today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So I'm super excited that we have Jackson Galaxy here with us today. Welcome, Jackson. Thanks for having me. So you've got some really exciting things coming up, and I've got a lot of stuff that I want to cover with you. And first, I want to hear about all the cool stuff that you're doing and how you kind of got here. To the present moment? <laughs> to the present moment in your career. I, you know, I started off working, well, I was a working musician, and as such, I was absolutely broke. And so I really just was looking for a job where it was something different, maybe something where I could be of help. And I just took an entry-level position at an animal shelter, and really, that's what led me here. I, I found at that moment that I had an affinity for cats, and they, more importantly, had an affinity for me. And it just was one of those, how can I save lives here? Because we were losing a lot of them back then. So a lot of what you see today was all inspired by that time where it was figure something out or this cat gets euthanized today. So it, it was pressure-filled work, but it got the job done, you know? Well, so I agree with you, and I kind of like cats myself. And I think we've come a long way as an industry and as a world in doing better by cats and understanding cats a little more. And my favorite thing about you is that I can watch you or I can read something you've written and I agree with you. And um, what does that say about me? <laughs> that I like people that I can agree with. You know but, what? I'm with you. But you know what's interesting is that I think that we have come an incredibly long way. I do think that we've got a long way to go. I think that from a public standpoint, from a shelter standpoint, you know, even by and large from a veterinary standpoint, I think that there's a basic level 
uh, what it is that makes cats tick and what it is that they need in every home to make sure that they're happy. And listen, I feel like I'm always going to have a job, so that's great, you know? But yeah, I do think that from the 25 years when I started in this to this moment, we have come a long way, but there's still work to be done for sure. Absolutely. Well, I love your book, Total Cat Mojo. And here in my animal hospital, it actually is kind of required reading for my team because I need a crash course in how to understand cats. And so thank you for writing that. I really love it. You know what? That means a lot. Thank you for saying that. And that's why I wrote it. I wrote it for people first and foremost in in my industry. And of course, by extension, the vet industry, it was really just to give things to hand out to people just so they didn't, you know, have an excuse not to know their cats. And it'll help keep them away a lot of times from the shelter, from the vets, you know, from me, if they just have that basic info. But it does mean a lot to hear it from somebody who who does work in in my world. So thank you. Well, I like it. It's all in one place and it sort of makes it easy. So I'm glad you have some other exciting things. Before we get to the actual meat of the matter that I wanted to talk with you about today, you have a tour going on, don't you, or coming up? Yeah. Yeah. We have a 16 city tour coming up and it's called Total Cat Mojo Live. And it's, it, it is, a lot of it is the stuff that's in the book. It's about trying to get that basic hook into what your cat's world is about, but it's also entertainment. It's not just me standing up on a stage doing a PowerPoint. It's a lot of moving around, animations, uh, music, puppetry even. I mean, whatever that's going to turn this into a party is what I'm doing. So I, it's, it's not what you expected, but yeah, 16 cities. That is awesome. Well, you know what? I think that every day in my interaction with clients, if I can make it fun and I can make it interesting, they're a lot more likely to listen to me. So I applaud you in your efforts there. Yeah, I'm telling you, I mean, as adults, we're not that far away from being kids. And if we can make it into a pop-up book instead of a textbook, all the power to us. You know what I mean? I constructed Total Cat Mojo with a lot of pictures for me. Because I hate reading books, you know what I mean? I love to be entertained. I shouldn't say that as an author, but yeah. <laughs> well, and it, and some people learn differently. So not everybody can read text and get the point. But if you throw in other things, I think you reach more people. So, so I want to reach a lot of people. I have a lot of listeners here on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat, And my goal is to educate people about things they might not have thought of about who their cat is and things in their home that might be good or might be bad. And this particular show, I wanted to kind of touch on some winter things that we might need to know about cats. So some things in our homes that maybe could be better or are of risk to our cats? Any tips that you can maybe share with my listeners about wintertime and holidays? Can you come up with something? Well, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, first and foremost, I think one of the biggest uh, things that we tend to forget about is cats and Christmas trees. And that is something that you got to think about. I, I mean, And I know this is a very unpopular view, but if you got a house full of cats, you might want to think about a fake tree because the attraction of an actual tree to a cat is kind of tough to avoid, you know, and and I get a lot of complaints about 
trees winding up on the floor and and delicate ornaments that are on the floor. And also it's dangerous for cats to drink the water that the trees are planted. in. It's just a whole lot easier. But there's a, a lot of small things. I mean, and here's the thing. When it comes to Christmas, when it comes to decorations and, and flowers and, you know, all the things that make the holidays for you, if you have animals in your home, Everything needs to be looked at under a microscope. It's like having babies in the house. You really have to think about all those things. So that's one of the most common things that I hear about. Beyond that, you know, it's it's having as much daylight coming into your home as possible is really a great thing for your cats and, by the way, for everybody else. But because the days are shorter and cats thrive on following the sun around your home, they're like little sundials. And because of the vitamin D they get from the sun, those shortened days can be made a lot better if you just keep the shades open. You make sure that you've got light coming in from all directions. And then finally, one other thing I can tell you is that cats, even though you're not going to find anything in textbooks or studies about this, I can tell you for sure that cats experience seasonal affective disorder as much as humans do. We are changing up their basic the things that make them tick, the things that make them crepuscular, which is to say they're they're most active at dusk and dawn. We're changing up dusk and dawn. We're changing up the length of the days. And unless you really bear down on their daily rituals and you keep them active, you really up your level of play, you make sure you're feeding meals at certain times of the day, they're going to have the blues just as much as we do. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because in almost every show, I try to put a plug in for environment, environmental enrichment for cats and playtimes, like scheduled kind of playtimes. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I would like for my listeners to maybe hear a little bit directly from you from the cat's mouth about how important it is about activity and enrichment. I mean, I think, you know, the first thing you hit on, Dr. Cat, was the importance of what I call the three R's, and that is routine, ritual, rhythm, that you build a day for your animals very similar to yours. I mean, our days, we don't live in anarchy. We wake up, we do our thing, which is maybe we wake up, we shower, we drink our coffee, we eat a little bit of something, we get the house ready to go, we get dressed, we leave. And that level of predictable everyday bang that happens to us and then the lulls that happen during the day, and then up again, then down again. We have a rhythm to our day, and our animals need that same rhythm. So when we're talking about mealtimes, which I think is crucial to, to sort of end the epidemic of free feeding, and also playtime that leads into mealtime, these are really important things for your cats. What I say over and over like a broken record, if you have a dog, you have a collar and a leash, and you take them out for a walk. You do it every day. They expect it. The same goes for interactive play for cats. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Oh, I'm so glad I, oh, you agree with me again. So I'm all about the meal times because I think that it is not natural for cats to have somebody just set a plate in front of them with their meal right there. So, yes, I love that. Yay. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, one of the things about 
having cats do for you the things that you might want them to do, good luck if you're free feeding them. Cats aren't going to do anything unless they're motivated to do so and food motivates them. And more so than with dogs who are genetically engineered at this point to please us, you know, to look for guidance and direction. Cats don't have that built into them. So you constantly leaving out food, having those automatic feeders, thinking that that it's okay to do that is just wrong. And on so many levels, I mean, we need to structure our day around when we need nutrition. We burn that nutrition, we need more. Cats are no different. And to just mess that up by letting them graze like that really does harm them on a bunch of different levels. And of course, from your perspective also, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that we're dealing with a diabetes epidemic in cats. And part of that is because we're making them fat. You know, we're, we're just feeding them constantly and they're just not built to do that. Well, I agree with you. And I tell people all the time, boredom eating is a thing. It's a thing for me. It's a thing for everybody. And it's a thing for your cat. So they need to kind of work for their food. It's more natural for them. So so I know that you agree with that. So I'm excited to highlight that. I actually, back to what you said about Christmas trees and Christmas ornaments, I've actually had to remove a Christmas ornament from a cat's intestinal tract before. And I didn't know it was a Christmas ornament until it came out and we cleaned it off and we were able to tell what it is. So you're right. If you have cats, it changes what you can have at Christmas. Exactly. And and just think about every aspect of it, even the ribbons that you, you hang from the trees or maybe you even hang your ornaments from. Those ribbons, I'm sure you've dug plenty of those out of intestinal tracts before. It really does come down to everything in your home. You, just like you would childproof, you got to cat-proof. I think people forget all the electrical cords that oh, Christmas yeah. things come with and the extension cords and stuff. That's pretty enticing to cats, too. And very easy to take care of. I mean, there are a, a few very simple things that you can do. You just go on Amazon right now. There are wire covers. There are hard plastic covers that you just run your cords through. Boom, you're done. And on top of that, if they're still trying to chew at it, spray bitter apple on top of it. There are little gauze tapes that you can get that you wrap your wires in that are bad tasting and will keep your cat away. There's a lot of things that you can do that, that are not a lot of work. But it's a lot more work to take them to the emergency room. Right. So it's. I think it's all about finding alternatives and finding little things to make this easy. So you can enjoy the holiday, but so can your cat. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's incredible how many things, if you really take a critical eye to it, how many things can hurt your cat around holiday setups. It's really, it's incredible. I mean, we haven't even talked about the pine needles. I mean, those little needles. I've got a three-month-old kitten in this house, four-month-old kitten. He wants to put everything in his mouth, everything, including my dog's snout, which I have to sort of train him out of. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, pine needles are weapons. They're dangerous in the mouth of a kitten. Well, and I think something I hear a lot every holiday season is cats that get out through open doorways with guests coming in and out carrying boxes and that kind of stuff. So I would like to alert everybody to watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're having a party for more than a couple of reasons, I mean, don't forget, cats are not dogs. They're not built by and large to be these incredible social party animals. Having a whole bunch of people invade their territory usually causes stress. So why not do them a favor 
put them in their base camp, put them in the bedroom, give them all their really important things in the bedroom just for those few hours when you have people coming in and out. It's very hard to keep an eye on your cat while you're keeping an eye on your guests at the same time. So I think that that is a really important point that you make with all of your things and I try to make a lot. Your cat is not a small dog. So try to see the world the way your cat might, not the way you would. I think that's an important message. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at Total Cat Mojo, one of the major departure points from the entire book is the problem that we have as a culture of looking at cats through dog-colored glasses. Not only do we look at them thinking they have the same needs, both nutritionally and behaviorally, but it doesn't do them any favors. We get disappointed in them because they don't seek approval from us. We want them to act and react like dogs. We think that the wagging of their tail means they're happy, which is, of course, the opposite. We think that when they roll over on their back, they're inviting us to rub their bellies, which, of course, they're not doing. We have to see them in their own very unique light. Yeah, I, I don't really know a cat that would roll over and let me rub its belly and like it. <laughs> oh, hey, you should enter my world for a day. I get If I say anything, like literally anything, if I look on Facebook about an hour later, there's at least 10 people who are like, well, you're completely wrong. Because my cat loves belly rubs, wags his tail when he's happy, you know, acts like a dog. I mean, I get that all the time. So that's why I always say generally or by and large or, you know. We can create some controversy maybe. But yeah, most cats don't want me as their veterinarian touching their belly. So I can honestly say that and not be wrong. Especially as a stranger, man. If I walked into somebody's home and, and not only that, it's an insult to the cat. It's like if a total stranger walked up to you and just sort of, you know, pinched your cheek or messed up your hair or something like that, did something that was incredibly intimate, you know? It's not okay. It's, and by the way, same thing goes for dogs. You go in, you crowd their space, you, you know, you go for the big pet, you're going to ask for trouble and then you're going to get mad at them. Well, so you may know already that I am the nation's first fear-free certified professional. So I have all this extra other behavior training. And so I spend my days teaching pet owners that the body language they're seeing may not mean what they think it means. So I'm so glad that I have your voice to help echo what I'm teaching. Good. Okay, so I want to tell you about something really cool that I have discovered, and it's called Pretty Litter Cat Litter. Now, you might think that cat litter is not really something to get excited about, but I'm a veterinarian, so gross things tend to excite me. Now, the cool thing about Pretty Litter, though, is that it has a built-in health monitoring system, so it changes colors and kind of helps you keep tabs on your cat's urinary health so that you know when it's time to call your own veterinarian. Other things about it that are super cool is that it's lightweight. The whole entire bag only weighs four pounds, and it lasts for an entire month for one cat. So no more dragging these 20 or 30 pound bags of cat litter and buying them every time you're at the store. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping. So it's pretty convenient. It helps keep your cat healthy and it's easy for you to carry around. The best part about Pretty Litter though is if you go to prettylittercats.com and you enter the code 9lives, N-I-N-E-L-I-V-E-S, you can get 20% off of your first subscription order. So go and give it a try and tell me what you think. 
Okay, so there is another part of winter that I know is kind of close to your heart, and that is the feral cats. And I was wondering if you could kind of share with my listeners some ways that we might could make winter a little bit better for those wild cat populations out there. Well, I mean, I think, you know, thanks for bringing that up. And yes, the world of community cats is something that I'm pretty deeply involved in. And as a matter of fact, we just aired the season finale of My Cat from Hell, where we went into Philadelphia and, and spent a large amount of time trying to help educate and help the community cats of Philly. And that really opened a lot of people's eyes to the cats that in your neighborhood might be completely invisible, but they're there. In every city, in every town, in the world, we have feral cats, and they deserve our love and our attention and our protection. And really, the number one thing you can do, whatever the season is, is to embrace what we call TNR, Trap, Neuter, Return. Basically, there are groups in every city that go out there, trap these cats, neuter them, put them back out to their colonies so they don't reproduce. But then we also owe it to them to maintain those colonies to keep an eye out for them, to see if there's goopy eyes out there or drooly mouths because their teeth are so bad so that we trap them again and get them to the vet. But, you know, in the wintertime, and of course, depending on where you live, but in cold weather, it's very simple to build them little houses. And those houses consist basically of those Rubbermaid uh, containers, the sort of coolers that you can cut a hole out of. You can line it with styrofoam, put some straw in there, to keep them warm, and that's where you you put the food in, and they can stay warm all winter long because it can be really brutal in a lot of places, and you can't assume that those cats can stay warm. And we found that out the hard way before. So those houses are a real easy way to do it. You can find out how to build those houses at places like alleycatallies.com. My good friend Hannah Shaw, the kitten lady, has a tutorial on her website how to deal with that. So there's a lot of places to learn. It's very simple, and you can do a huge favor for your community cats. Well, I think the cats are out there because of people, and so we owe it to them. Right. We created the problem. Yeah. So There are throwaways. Yep. It's our problem. And so if we can make it a little bit better. So that's a great idea in an economical and easy way. I appreciate you sharing ways to find out a little bit more about that too, because I would love for all my listeners to make that sort of a a wintertime project to provide shelter for some of our feral cats out there. Yeah. I think that really it's just, it's a simple question that we need to ask ourselves. Is our love for cats dependent on the walls within where they live. Meaning you've got a cat probably right outside your home that lives in the street uh, under your car. And just because they're out there, it's still your community, which makes them your cats and they deserve your love. Well, amen. That's wonderful. So this has been so awesome to talk with you today. So awesome to talk with you today. And I really appreciate your time. I'm pretty excited about your tour. I encourage all of my listeners to go to jacksongalaxy.com to see if he's going to be in a city near you because it sounds pretty awesome. Thank you so much for saying that. And yeah, folks, I would get on it. A lot of cities are actually sold out at the moment. We also have sort of VIP meet and greets before the show. Those are selling pretty quickly, too. So yeah, get on the website and get your tickets. Well, that is excellent. So I would love to thank all of my 
devoted listeners because this particular show was just named to the top 10 podcasts about cats by petslovebest.com. So I was really pretty, pretty psyched to get that reward. And I'd like to thank our awesome producer, Mark Winter, and most especially Jackson Galaxy for taking time out to educate us about some wintertime safety tips and cat loving tips today. Thank you so much, Jackson. You're very welcome, Dr. Cat. Anytime. And if you listeners would like to find me, of course, I am out there on Facebook, Catherine Prim, DVM, and a lot of other social media. And I want you guys to all go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.